Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to the show. Oh, you mean welcome to a terrible, cheesy '70s DJ? Hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> Clearly, I've been gone too long because suddenly you sound. Oh. No, that's a good DJ voice. Okay, I, well, I'm nailing it. Whatever. There's a reason we're here. There's a reason we're cutting in again. And uh, shall we share with them what's been going on? Yeah, so we've got a little behind the scenes for you. So, hey, look, we're expanding Unforget Yourself Productions. And we've, crumbs, we've invited guest hosts to bring a different voice, different perspectives to these conversations. Yeah, and because we're all about behind the scenes, um, we're filling you in on what this is. Uh, Unforget Yourself was never meant to be about... Mark and Katie, just about us. Um, our intent has been to bring in more people. So with that said, <laughs> this episode is actually a sneak peek of this. Now, there will be an interviews edition podcast coming separately. Ah, oh, it's going to be a fantastic launch. But right now, we've got a little taster for you, a little teaser. So please enjoy our guest host and guest interviewers and guest, guest guests? L- lots of guests. Here. Guest guests. Fantastic. <laughs> enjoy. Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to the Unforget Yourself show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, (gasps) so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, Mm -hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on the roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we have with us Nancy Zuckschwert, a communication speaker, trainer, and coach, creator of the Ultimate Communication Cookbook, Recipes for Connected, Confident, and Courageous Communication. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anna. I am so excited to be here today. So happy to have you on. Can you expand a little more on where you are today with your business and who is it that you love to work with? Great question. I am at the place right now where I've been working for the last several months on developing what I call a framework. It's a framework because it's translatable to everything from corporate training to stages to individual coaching. And the framework is the ultimate communication cookbook. And this product, this framework was born of my own resistance to teach about communication. When I started my entrepreneurial journey, I originally was thinking, oh, I'm just going to freelance write because I've been mostly a writer and communications director and do that and quickly learned 
I didn't want to spend my days writing for other people on multiple deadlines. So then it's like, okay, now what do I do? Oh, I'm, I'm going to do this other thing. I, I love ideas. I'm going to start a business called Ideas by the Hour. And it's going to be a service where you just pay me a flat fee. We spend an hour together. I help you with whatever you need to brainstorm on and we move on. And then there were flaws in that model. And the biggest flaw was my own follow through. Then I'm going to be a life coach. You know, So this has been my journey all the while resisting my true passion, which is communication. And the reason I resisted it was because I am a natural communicator. Since I was a little girl, I could write clearly. I could speak clearly. I articulate my thoughts differently than a lot of people do. I always hear people say, oh, I love how you said that. Say it again. And I'll go, I just thought it for the first time. I don't know what I said. So I'm sorry. You know, so it's just flows. How do you teach something when, I mean, just to, without sounding uh, braggadocious, I like, I don't do communication. I feel some days like I am communication. So then how do you how do you teach people? Mm. And so I was having a conversation with my husband this summer with expressing my desire to create something that would be communication training. And I said, but I don't know how. And, and he says, well, isn't it like breaking it down in components? And I think he used the word recipe and it was like this light bulb went off. I mean, that's it. If I can break the communication process down into the ingredients that go into good communication, then we could create recipes for people where it doesn't have to be so out of reach. It's not this like out there concept, just communicate better. No, here's an ingredient you can add to your communication that's going to make every situation go better. Here's this here. And so then I had uh, the ultimate communication cookbook was the title that I came up with. Now, parallel with this is I love to cook. I love to bake. I'm famous for my salted caramel oatmeal cookies. I have a couple of my grasshopper brownies. So people like love it when I show up at a party and bring my food. And I just started to think in terms of how much cooking and baking also parallels communication. Like if you, I once made a cake. This is maybe a more, little more detail for this segment than you wanted, but I made a cake once that was this red velvet cake for my son's 10th birthday, three layers, cream cheese frosting all over it, uh, red, you know, bright red cake. And my husband decorated the top, like a star Wars stormtrooper. Oh, wow. 10 year old dream cake. Right. So we cut it, we serve it around the table of the family. We're taking bites and I'm like, Hmm. And I'm looking around the table and the, all of our faces were just flat. <laughs> and I finally said, it's not very good, is it? And they're like, no. I said, like, you don't have to eat it. And I was so sad. I was like, what did yeah. I do wrong? And they went back to the recipe. And you know how there's most recipes list the ingredients at the top and then the mixing directions. Yeah. And so the ingredients at the top called for all these ingredients. And then I very carefully read the mixing directions. And in the mixing directions, they forgot to say salt. So salt was in the ingredients that were supposed to go in the cake, but the directions mm. didn't have salt as a step. So I missed it because I didn't pre-measure my ingredients like my eighth grade home ec teacher taught me to do, which is also a communication lesson, right? How many times we just plunge into a conversation and we don't pre-measure, we don't think about what ingredients I'm going to need in this conversation for it to be successful. And then I miss an important one. 
Do you realize a half a teaspoon of salt missing from that cake recipe ruined the cake? So what's a half a teaspoon that's might be missing from your communication? Is it empathy? If you had put a half a teaspoon of empathy in that conversation, do you think it would have gone better? Maybe you were missing compassion because you were in judgment of that person instead of trying to be compassionate about their situation. And so there's all these parallels that my mind just started to flood with. And so basically the ultimate communication cookbook offers three core recipes, the recipe for connected communication, confident communication, and courageous communication. And the ingredients that go into those, plus there's a whole list of added ingredients and it all, they all start with the letter C. So I'm having a lot of fun with just alliteration uh, as I'm creating this. But that's that's what I'm up to. I am bringing this to organizations where I see that, especially since COVID, organizational communication between teams has, it's crazy with the workforce being hybrid, remote, some on-site the generational differences make a difference. The political and the, the issues of our time are coming into the workforce and just making people mad at each other. And I just believe that if we all come with a basic commitment to connected communication as a starting point, as our core recipe, we can start to change the culture of our work environments and maybe even our communities and maybe even our world. So that's what I'm excited to bring to the world right now. Wow. I mean, come on. What a what a beautiful explanation and a visual with your with your um cake story. And so when it comes to your speaking of a few ingredients like empathy, right? What might you what are the other ingredients if you will um when it comes to that? Well, I'll tell you a little bit, my my main recipe, which is connected communication, because I think communication and relationship starts with connection. And th these ingredients don't start with the letter C, but it's super simple to remember. It's a mindset. It's a consciousness. So I'll say it starts with the C because it's a consciousness where we come into a situation and we think three things about the person that I'm with. One is I see you. I hear you and I share in your humanity. Where we start with a fundamental connection that's rooted in who we are as human beings before an agenda. I'm not coming to this table. You're not an agenda. You're not a social issue. You're not a task or a project. You're a person. You're a person that I get to work with in this environment, in this time, space, and place. You're a person who matters because you're human, just like I am. Because we both, in my opinion, are created in the image of God. And so when you start with that, it that recipe, developing that as a mindset, and then it becomes what I call the power of one. I show up in the room and I've decided to come into this room and have that mindset about everybody around the table. And then it becomes the magic of two. If I can maybe by my behavior influence you to make those same choices. And now we get to expand our influence about being connected. And then we become the unstoppable many. Mm. And that's when organizations start to shift their culture. That's when organizations start to honestly make work fun again. I think so often we've just become so resigned that things just are icky now. 
Well, what if you could change that? What if you could change that by being committed to the recipe for connected communication? Mm. That's one example. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that example. I mean, you are, you know, educated, experienced. You have, you know, quite the story um, to talk about your journey. Nancy, what was it that made you want to start your own business? And and it's clear why this business in particular, as it is a strength of yours, as you mentioned, but kind of going back, you know, what was it that was that, you know, turning point for you in wanting to take on this entrepreneurial journey? Hmm. I was working as a director of communications for a small Christian college in Minneapolis. And it was honestly like the pinnacle of my career. I would say it was the job that I felt like all my experiences had just put me in this place. And I got to come into an organization that had had a lot of communication breakdown. They had a lot of silos. If you've ever worked in an organization where you have department A over here, department B over here, and they just kind of hold on to their own information. And maybe I'll share with you what I'm doing. And then how oftentimes you get farther down the road and you recognize, oh, we just created two things where we could have created one incredibly powerful thing together. So there was just uh, examples of people hearing outside of the organization, what was happening in the organization. So like the word would somehow get out about major things happening at this organization. The employees were like the last to know. And so I got to come in and create new communication systems, simple protocols, like a weekly newsletter, but just honestly getting our executives to say, we need a communication plan for that. We need a communication plan for that. It doesn't have to be complicated, but let's know who we're going to tell when and in what order when we have a major announcement. So that was my job. I, I worked at this job and, and had such an impact right away. I'd walk down the hall. This was for months after I started and people say, we're so glad you're here. Oh, we're so glad you're here. <laughs> you know, like they felt the difference of what I was doing. So I know that I, I can think strategically and, and share that. So things were rolling along really great. I was doing internal and external communication, some public relations, and then some you know, crisis communication when necessary. Enter 2020. Ah. Enter 2020. And we, at that year, we started our year in January with a really sad event. We actually had a student pass away on campus. And I had proactively created a crisis communication plan that we were able to utilize in this instance, but it was, it was sad. We're very, it was a very compassionate organization, very family, small college, very. And so we were like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? It's like, well, first of all, don't anybody post anything on social media till we've notified the family. Like, oh yeah, that's, you know, I've even counseled uh, personal friends about that. I had a friend whose husband was dying and I literally helped them come up with a communication plan that said, you need to make sure your whole family knows that nobody is to put anything on social media when he passes until we've, we identified the list of must communicate people. Once those people had heard it personally, then it's life. It's the you know 21st century. We're going to put things on social, but that this job I had was just it kind of in my prime, it had almost everything I loved. It didn't have public speaking, which I do love to do, but all the other boxes were checked. But 2020 comes along, we have this student death and we think, whew, 
dodged a bullet. We got our big crisis away for the year. <laughs> Two months later, March of 2020, you may recall, enter COVID. Our students were on spring break and suddenly we were in massive meetings. Do we call them back? Do we send them home? So the first set of decisions and the next set of decisions in basically a year and a half of COVID protocols and COVID communication. And then we were right in downtown Minneapolis where our institution was less than two miles away from where George Floyd was killed and our city was in chaos. And our institution actually hosted the Minneapolis Memorial for George Floyd. So I, as a communication director, suddenly was welcoming 300 people from the media around the world. And I had support. We hired a public relations firm that saved my skin on that one because it was above anything I'd, I had done so far. But even after that, it was this ongoing communication. Nobody was ever happy with any decision at that point. So the job that had been in crisis communication when necessary became crisis communication and internal communication when necessary. Right. And so I, my spirit was, was very heavy. Uh, my strengths finder, if you're familiar with that includes woo, which is winning others over it's positivity, it's ideation. My life purpose statement is I live to elevate, inspire and connect people and ideas. And you can only elevate so far when every day the news is bad. Every day, it's another thing you don't really, you know, when your job becomes trying to make the worst things sound not so bad, it, it just really was sucking the life out of me. Yeah. And so at this stage of my life, I, I felt, and I felt this was a spiritual decision too. I really felt God was calling me to something else. I was talking to my boss about it. I said, I feel like my time here is coming to a close. And I had a fork in the road. I could either go to the marketplace. So I'd worked in nonprofits and higher ed for about 16 years. My career included uh, starting in sales, training and development, 14 years off to raise my family. I have four sons. 32 to 22. And so I have four sons. And then I went back to work when my littlest was just about in kindergarten, part-time, then, then it morphed to full-time in the higher ed uh, setting. And so that I could go, let's go get a market rate job. Let's go get a communication director, or communication VP job at a company and just like go pad my 401k and, you know, get ready to retire. Or I could take this leap of self-employment and time freedom. And between those two choices for a lot of different reasons, I thought I really want to see what it's like to be my own boss to, you know, I was work, working from home during COVID. I had really liked, et cetera, et cetera. So I decided I'll do that. And and that's, that's about as much as I put into it. Like, and I assumed I would freelance. I did have the opportunity to contract back right away with my employee my previous employer. So I came into it with some financial padding or mm -hmm. some support. And that was good and bad because it made me not maybe as hungry from the start as I might've been had I not had that. And so, but I started and I, and I thought I was going to freelance, write and communication consult. And I very quickly saw as I was taking on clients that I was recreating my job only with multiple bosses and multiple deadlines and mm. still writing for others and not having the writing be my own voice. 
And so I just kind of said, okay, I don't want to do that. And then that started the quest. Now, what do I do? What can I bring? And I just, I didn't feel the confidence in who I was to say, I'm going to be a high ticket coach. I don't know what I can coach Mm -hmm. people on. And, and so I just, I, I just, I just started. And so I thought the answer was to get programs that would teach me how to market and figure out my business. And so I started, you know, spending money, programs, coaches, programs, coaches, that didn't correlate for me to direct income because of implementation and executive right. skills that I don't have or that are just hard for me. And, and so that's really the road that led to, um, honestly, just having kind of this moment, like I've got to figure out what I'm going to do, or I have to, you know, fish or cut bait and you know, get a job. And uh. that's when this idea for the communication came into play and it's been what I've been um, developing and bringing to market and very excited about, but there's still some gaps and we'll talk about those as much as you want. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, to talk about your journey is, is, the premise, you know, we hearing about what got you to where you are today, um, in all the, the lows, the highs, the, the things that were pivotal for your journey. Um, you know, and so kind of just to fast forward to today, you know, current day with all your experience, you know, we, we've touched lightly on some of them, but where, where do you find that it's still tough for you? Where do you find that it's still challenging for you day to day? My straight up answer is the path the the place of saying, I am here. This is the value I bring and finding the people who need that value, marketing Mm -hmm. and sales, developing and having a a strategy and strategic. And those words are hard words for me, you know, because of my natural wiring, I, one of the most powerful, this, the last six to nine months I've been doing, a, I would say some programs at a deeper level. I finally shifted when I realized after spending, I'm just going to be honest and vulnerable, tens of thousands of dollars mm. on masterminds and programs, teaching fabulous, fabulous skills, really smart mentors, respect them, love them. But what I ended up with is notebooks of books, you know, digital notes, and I'll go to a a three-day seminar and, you know, just take pages and pages of notes that end up like, I was so encouraged in the moment. And then they go back to it. Like, I, I still don't know which of these things is the most important to do first. I don't know how to set a strategy and it's not my wiring and so learning with a woman who does purpose coaching and she, we did some tests. We literally had me take the strengths finder again. And we had me do the DISC again and the Myers-Briggs. And just to realize I am so extroverted. I need people. Everything I've ever done in my life that succeeded has been people. I'm a super responsive communicator. Like your questions are so life-giving to me, Anna. I'm just loving <laughs> this because like it makes me think. I think... I think out loud. And so when you sit in a room by yourself, it's hard to do your best thinking. I'm not the best at responding to myself. It's just been very fascinating to learn. So now I'm at the point where like, great, I know I need people. I know I'm going to shine when I'm with people. And where are my people and how do I 
find them. It's like, you know, the little girl in me is like, I just want somebody to do it for me. <laughs> and uh, one of the most painful moments in this coaching I did with my purpose friend is she said, did you, it's kind of hard to hear this, isn't it? You know, all that money you spent on coaching could have been like two years of a 10 to 15 hour a week VA to help you do the things that you're having such a hard time executing. Like, I didn't want to hear that, <laughs> you know, but regrets such a wasted emotion. You know, I, I'm just counting it all as like, look, gives me great stories to tell. And if I can be vulnerable and open about this and somebody else can learn from my mistakes, that's wisdom when you can learn from somebody else's mistakes and, and just, it's what I needed to do to be where I am. And I, I feel like I'm being prepared for a next level and it's, it's coming, but I still have the functional pieces in place. So maybe this is it. It could be this podcast today. You know, the person who just needs me is going to hear this. You know, I'm just, you know, we all, yeah. we wish that we show up and we just want somebody to magically go, you're the one I want. Well, I'm willing to do the work, but my struggle because of my wiring is still, what are the priorities? What are the functional, the most important things? Because I work hard. Anybody ask anybody in my life, my family's like, you're always working. Yes. And I'm not producing, you know, that's what it's felt like. Yeah. And so I want my ratio of work to reward to be shifting. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, you know, you mentioned in producing, okay, that can mean so much to so many. What does that mean for you? Like, as in what, what do I produce on a daily basis or what am I creating? I'm not sure. Tell me more about your question. Yeah. So I suppose I'm, I'm asking to kind of define like, what would be like, what would be at the end of maybe a hard day's work, right? And you sit back and you're like, wow, like I, I produced today. I did the dang thing. I fell into it all. I, you know, I feel good walking away, feeling that was a dang good day. Talk to me about like what that really kind of looks like for you. Do you want the true answer? <laughs> I would love the true answer. <laughs> I don't know. The okay. true answer is that that's my struggle. I, I work yeah. and I do. I mean, I've, I've, you know, because my initial coaching was in the realm of social media, I know that I should be posting, you know, on social media each day. I showed up on social media for months mm -hmm. without really having an offer, without really leading to anything, because I knew that it was developing the no like, and trust. And I have, I, I mean, I'm kind of proud of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm 60 years old. And in the last two and a half years, I have about 4,500 followers on TikTok. <laughs> and, and for just me, you know what I mean? And that's what I know is like, I've kind of learned is like people like, like me enough to follow me, but they don't know what I do. I've never, people say your audience wants something from you. I know, but I don't know what it is. You know, it's literally just been, and, and I know there's people who, how can you do that? How can you just go months and months and months without knowing? And I think for me, it's sometimes part of us maybe avoidance. I don't want the rubber to meet the road and then find out that maybe I can't. So as long as I get act busy, and I think that's a trap that wannabe entrepreneurs maybe fall into. And I really do believe there are people who are natural entrepreneurs that, you know, they just, they think business, they think every idea can, can have value and bring something to the market. 
And I think there's room in the world for people who are not natural entrepreneurs, but we are just wired differently. And if you think about, you know, my age and stage, all I ever knew was work reward. I didn't have entrepreneurial people in my life. I didn't have anybody that I ever saw build a business and fail or whatever steps they had to do. So I'm coming in cold. I'm not a research oriented person. So I literally am, you know, making it up as I go along I, I remember having one conversation on a coffee chat networking thing with a woman who's a brilliant marketing strategy. And she said, if you don't have a strategy, you don't have a business. And I'm not going to lie that like shut me down. And I went, then I don't know what to do because I don't know how to do strategy. I don't feel like I can afford to hire somebody to help me with the strategy. And so for me, that what does it look like to succeed at the end of the day is Hey, here's hoping, here's hoping something I did today is good. And I, I mean, I'm really exposing myself. He's like, I'm exposing myself as not the most brilliant businesswoman, but what I've learned, I don't know, I'm just getting emotional all of a sudden. I don't have to be the most brilliant <laughs> businesswoman in order to bring value to the world. My value is so strong. And I know when I connect with my audiences, I am going to make a huge difference. Yeah. And I just get to do the inner work and the functional work that's going to connect me. And I know the help is there. I know, I mean, even like you were saying, Mark and Katie are helping people like me. So maybe this is the bridge. That could be why I'm sitting in this chair. But I'm also oh. so burdened because of all the financial decisions I've made. Those are also, and then again, you know, then it starts to become more of a weight. It's one thing when you're like going along, but when you get to the point where those in, investment decisions, I put air quotes on in case someone's listening to this, <laughs> those investment decisions in myself are now have cost me, you know, more than coming in, then it just becomes this, a little, it can become a spiral if I don't manage my mindset about that. So that's a really honest place. And I will tell you, I don't, I don't, and also don't end my, I, I just kind of just keep working. It's just like this constant, everybody's like, you work so hard. It's like, I know I do. I don't know how to stop. And it's not, it's, it can be, it's hard. It's hard yeah. being me. <laughs> it, it, it's a vulnerable place to be, to, to, you know, and to just show up, to have this hope, knowing what, you can do knowing what you have the ability and the god-given just talent and you know strengths to provide to the world but maybe sitting in a place of not knowing how that exactly is going to show up you know so while we may not know entirely what the future might look like or hold you know what we can see is lean on the strengths so nancy like what is something that has helped you in business? What's something that you're like, wow, this flows so naturally for me and has just really kind of helped me move the needle in a way that I wasn't expecting? Mm. Honestly, I would say the self-development work at the, the being level of who we are. Uh, I had to shift from do, 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 learn to do another thing, learn to, to being. And, and even in that doing training I was receiving, my mentors that I have paid and signed up with are phenomenal mindset coaches, but I was still missing that piece of who am I? 
And I believe, you know, one, one of the things I did, I didn't even mention that in the beginning of this year, I was shifting into life coaching and I loved it. I had several clients. I love them dearly. I loved that process of working with them. And I found that my, I, I was, I felt like I was really just, just intuitive coach, which is fine, but I, I didn't have like anything systematic that I could say every person I get is going to go through these steps and have these results. And that intimidated me, but I start, I created a summit that I held called floundering to fabulous, the F words you need to flourish in your grand finale chapters of life. And I, can you tell I like alliteration? And so, so I was, and, and the reason I'm bringing it up is that the five foundational F words are to me still where we build a foundation of faith, family, friendships, finances, and fitness. If we build anything of significance as entrepreneurs and we haven't built that foundation, like any building, you're at risk in a storm. You're at risk if the floodwaters come and, and wash it away. So, uh, you know, think about people that you've seen, you know, the, 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 rise and then the crash and burns of people who just rocket to success, whether it's in athletics or whether it's entrepreneurs or even preachers, you know, people, speakers who just all of a sudden they're the shining star and their life crumbles with scandals or not being able to control their uh, libido for lack of a better you know way to describe it. They're, they're believing they're infallible and, and they, lose their family because they were so focused on their success and the next cut they left these dead bodies in the wake of people who just wanted them to you know be with them they're there you're and and that's to me where it starts and so I recognized I wasn't even in that foundation as well. I mean, I worked on fitness. I I went to a gym a year and a half ago. I lost 20 pounds. I work out three to four times a week now. I'm in the best shape of my life. And it's great. And I learned disciplines that I do now apply in and the power and encouragement I got for myself by doing hard things that I didn't even think I was capable of does spill over. And so that's a piece of my foundation. But if all I do is go to the gym, but I'm not taking care of my family or, you know, you see, they're just, it's all Mm -hmm. of, all of those things need, need that attention. And so for me, the shift came when I, I enrolled in a, a leadership program, a personal development program that's kind of laid me bare to myself, where we talk about who I am, you know, each of us has sort of a contract. Who are we? I want to, I want to show up. I want to be. So instead of thinking, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? We shift the question and say, who do I need to be? I want to influence people to believe that they have the power to communicate excellently in any situation. It's not, what do I need to do to help those people? It's who I do. Who do I need to be? to help those people. And it starts with me being committed to their success. It starts with me being communication. As I had said, it starts with me being open, honest, and vulnerable myself, because I can't get other people to be that if I'm not. 
And so that was my major shift. I love that, Nancy. And I mean, your authenticity today will move mountains to the anyone who's listening in the audience. Um, so I just want to say thank you for that today. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for showing us the, you know, and being transparent with the journey of being an entrepreneur, because we know, well, it is so amazing in so many ways. Like there's so many moments that are tough and are challenging and can really challenge us in so many personal dynamics. And so thank you so much for that today. I mean, it was, it's been such a joy to talk to you about how you help people, you know, how you've done it. And also like giving us the behind the scenes of your journey and how you got to current day and everything that has been to your business as it stands today. And so Nancy, if people want to find you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? Well, I am on social media, most platforms as Nancy Z or Zed, if you're in Canada, Nancy Z Unlimited. So the name of my umbrella business is Nancy Z Unlimited. And that's because I didn't want to limit myself to just doing one thing. And that's been another piece of my journey that's been a struggle, not a struggle, just an opportunity. But uh, so Nancy Z Unlimited on most social and I, nancyzunlimited.com. Uh, you can mm. also get there. Just nancyz.com is my website that kind of gives an overview of the ultimate communication cookbook and then the different delivery methods I have for that. And I call it uh, team banquets is corporate training. I have executive dining, which is executive coaching. I have a la carte, which is a course that's in the process of being created. And then I have individual coaching, which I gave some other clever name that escapes me right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, the, the easiest way to find me is through those platforms. Oh my gosh. Super. I love it. Nancy, thank you again for joining us today on the Unforget Yourself show. I mean, and and for sharing and giving us insight on your journey and the journey of an entrepreneur and giving us a behind the scenes. It's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you, Anna. You ask really great questions that get me, got me to think, and I appreciate you helping me unpack some of that journey. It's it's healthy to talk about our struggles, our challenges, our opportunities with others. And I think if I were to leave anybody with just a snippet of wisdom, don't isolate. If you're an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, if you're a solopreneur, especially, you get to find your people and give yourself that commitment that you don't struggle alone. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Anna. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.